Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast of free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. We just nailed that intro for the first time this year, so clap, clap, clap for us. But big episode today, Rob. We've got the main man, Dalton Henshaw. Not a hair out of place. He's just an absolute specimen. Oh, 100%. I feel like these are the type of chats that I do like to talk about. You know, like we have people on that are in like... What ones don't you like talking about? Let's list them. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> don't stitch me up. Don't stitch me up for the intro, but what seriously. What are some of the worst episodes we've done? Come on. Nah, well, Come not on. not this one. <laughs> not this one. But I do love talking about marketing trends. We talk about authenticity, content that resonates. Dalton lives an interesting life. A public life. Public life. And that comes with different pressures and attached to running your own business and being in your... Like he's worked for himself for a long time, and what like, is real influence? You know, that's what we get to the heart of that. It's a good chat. I'm telling you, I'm going to slide into most people's inbox on LinkedIn and just send them this episode. Just say, have a listen, because you need to hear this. You know, I'm just going to force them upon it because it is a good chat. So many lessons, so many learnings, and just let's get into it. Dalton, thank you so much for jumping on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us who are you and what do you do. I am. The founder and CEO of Bullfrog. I am a husband to my lovely wife, Laura, and I'm a father of two golden retrievers, which they're my fur babies. Oh, fur babies are real. Like I was cuddling Winston in bed last night and I was like, we were spooning, <laughs> watching TV, and I'm like, this is the best shit. But you've got you some know? weird habits though. You let Winston lick your bald head after you've shaved it. You yeah, yeah, that's, that's a- like... I don't know if that is that animal abuse. No, <laughs> you know the science behind it. If they're licking, they like, and so you know what? That's that's a thing. That's affection. I love that, bro. And like that's all they live for. You, you know, you come home and they're looking at you, going, "Take me for a walk, feed me." You know, like I like that. Well, I do. Well, don't you are the second uh, coming on today. Makes you the second husband and wife duo that jumped on the Funny Business Podcast. We had. Uh, you, you love your wife, Laura, on the pod back in, I think, early 2020 or something like that. So it's been a few years and it's been crazy watching, I feel like, this chat, like like I said, it's been a, a long time coming. The amount of work that you guys have got going on behind the scenes and the things that you're doing, we are just saying off air that you must be a, a one busy dude. I think um, I think busy is not probably not the word from my perspective, I think, is I'm just grateful for the opportunities that are coming my way. So... At the end of the day, you can only you say yes and no to what you truly believe in, and no is one of the most powerful devices that I believe in. But uh, right now, I am very lucky to be in the position I am and doing what I do and, and love what I do every day. So not busy, just grateful. What about working your way through opportunities? And you mentioned like you got to, you're got navigating your way and saying no. How do you make those decisions? Really, to me, it comes back to what am I chasing after and what is my vision and what is my purpose each day? And what am I actually looking to say yes to needs to ladder back up to that. And for me, a lot of what I focus on now as a a business leader, but also a husband, um, is making sure I'm allowing people to unlock their full potential and support them through life. And that is something that I talk about internally with my team and the business as much as I have to protect time for the people I love the most and, and fairness in my life right now, that's my family, but especially Laura. So it's really easy to say no to the things that can impact those things. And if they don't align to what I wake up doing and knowing what I love the most and what I am arguably, because I still don't get it, I'm a bit of that imposter syndrome at the best of the times, arguably what I'm good at doing. What about running your business now? Like with the amount of staff and and people that, I guess, in in that leadership role, like you're responsible for making sure like a 
bunch of people. They look up to you. They're in that leadership role. Is that growth? You yeah, know, like yeah, you mentioned, yeah. imposter syndrome. Is this something that you've had to like learn and learn and adapt to? Is it something at school that you were always sort of in those positions that you played leadership roles? Like, how did you end up in doing what you're doing? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a really interesting. There's probably two parts to that question. Me as a, a founder and leader and accepting that leadership position or accepting a CEO position is one part, and I'll come back to that. But I think historically I've never, you know, I was never a school captain per se, or I was never a, um, you know, I, I I grew up in a sporting family and culture as much as playing a bit of footy and all the above and 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 recognise and realising that, you know, great teams and team efforts and success takes a lot of work and it's not just the individual. It's always a team, right? And I think... For me, being a founder is one part, but accepting the position and leading a team, you need to also be really self-aware. And the one thing I've probably, from a pretty early age, has been someone once told me that own your strengths. No one's after your weaknesses. You're not actually getting knocked on or the opportunities aren't coming to go, we know you're weak in that, we're going to give you this opportunity opportunity or that door's going to open and you're going to step through that door because of your weaknesses own your strengths you can build and grow in your weaknesses but for me one of my strengths per se would be investing in people and getting to know people and i really when i mean get to know people we've got a team of 40 people at bullfrog and i know about their life i ask questions about their life not just what are they rocking up to do at work today. I never really ask what are they working on day to day outside of the high level things that I know are happening or moving through the business. I ask, how's mum? How's dad? How's your sister? What are they up to? And I think for me, I, that comes out of being just a really curious person, but equally from my perspective is making sure that I investing in people and I've always loved just networking and meeting new people because I think all of those things are as much fulfilling but also genuine opportunities to learn. And from a team member from from a team member perspective I feel like it's like modern business practices. You know what I mean? Like I feel like how things used to be and what expectations were of being in a workforce and obviously the type of work and the clients that you guys are winning and the output that is coming out of the good stuff that's coming out of that environment that you're creating. It's really helping. I think from my perspective, we do ways of working stuff and being involved in tech companies and seeing like organizational culture and the companies that do it well, the benefits that happens and the outcomes that you actually get from treating people like people, not like robots trying to fill a job. And it, it must be cool when you've, they've got a leader like yourself who are trying to at least create that environment for people to do their best work. That's 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 really kind. I, I think, you know, and this is me just creeping in with, yeah, the denial or I'm terrible at taking a compliment, but I also think it's a byproduct of the people you hire and the people you choose to surround yourself with in life, whether it's at work or at home or your friends and your network, you have that choice coming back to what I mentioned at the start of who you surround yourself with, whether it's the person you hire, the friend that maybe isn't the right fit for you in your life anymore or you're not actually, it doesn't work both ways because it always should. And I think traditionally, if I talk about the industry that I'm in as a, a agency and a creative agency per se, is traditionally people have been, you know, looked at, looked at as numbers on a balance sheet. 
which is very typical of a service-based industry where time is your measurement of um, commercial viability as much as the creative product that we make. And we're really challenging that internally, which is a whole nother thing. But it's also when you bring it back to the fact that we're a people-led business and we're only as good as the hours in the day that we can give back to our partners and the businesses that we decide to work with, why wouldn't you start with focusing on people first and making sure you understand what makes them tick as much as what makes life work better for them? Whether you're a parent, not a parent, parent to two fur babies, everyone has shit on their plate. And so being open to that, which we have been from starting in February 2020, from the get-go was being realistic, the fact that it's all life. It's not, I don't believe in work-life balance. Like I hate that saying. Like I genuinely hate that saying because I don't really think that is saying that people can actually disconnect from one thing and totally go put the books down and don't do it. The reality is there's some things that happen in everyone's lives day to day that they're going to carry on and think about it at night. It's really hard. I, I And if people can do it, I know some people can, if you can cut the cord and totally emotionally disconnect from something, hats off to you and please teach teach me how to do some of those things. But for me personally, as much as asking the question internally as a business leader, but also to the, my friends around me is like, what does life look like? And let's just make it work. And let's like be understanding of where people need time to breathe or to actually sort some things out as much as time to thrive and be able to chase after what they want as well. And putting that all on the table in a really vulnerable, open and honest and transparent way is how we've built a culture and built a team in a short period of time at Bullfrog. But that's wholeheartedly because it comes back to me is seeing people unlock their potential in life is is really exciting. And when I'm not going to get it right and I can only share my learned experiences as opportunities and the more we share, the more we grow as much as what you guys do day in, day out and sharing and learning and nurturing and, and sharing these stories of great business leaders that you've had as much as just great people. That is such a valuable thing to do. So hats off to you guys, but also then equally, wouldn't it be great if we just go open-minded in every conversation with wanting to learn and grow and, and be able to be there for friends, family, colleagues, where it makes most sense to pop up and appear. And that to me is fundamentally the most exciting part of my day because no day is the same. and We're all individually brilliant as we are all individually different. Fuck, man, you're such a nice oh. dude. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you're making me feel like a little bit of a piece of shit. We were so yeah, nice no, no. Way. Like, it's yeah. like, uh, no. you know, get the whole you don't take compliments well, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Love try to do our best, you know, but maybe <laughs> we're very uncouth. Uncouth is the word that we've been throwing around, so slightly unpolished to be off kilter, but that's all right. You know, we can see how we can see where we play in the world, but again, our pod is about just being curious, you know, sharing stories like this. We feel like we still feel so lucky and grateful that we've been able to not, it's like an opportunity to be a mentor, learn challenge thoughts and opinions that we've had and doing it so often because we do so many episodes for us it's been pretty enlightening you know because it's we feel like we've got a pretty broad perspective now we've we've chatted with enough people that we can see how yeah got a good lie. grip on got a good grip going, on reality a little a little bit, bit yeah to the best we can touch wood but hey yeah we'd love to rewind a little bit and go back and and talk about where your interest in business actually began my interest in business i was exceptionally lucky i I grew up in a, a family, a, a broken family home, but my father was equally um, a businessman through and through. Um, he was quite successful in the, the rag trade, the fashion industry. 
um, as a, a shop owner, as much as a business owner across multiple stores across Melbourne, and then in equally ending up in manufacturing from a supply chain and, and, and fashion perspective. So I was surrounded by a business person, um, a good mate, but equally those key, you know, those key learnings and those skills, I was on the shop floor at the age of eight, learning how to talk to people, learning how to sell to people in fairness at that point, but not even selling, just communicating to people and understanding their needs and wants, which sort of goes back to my absolute ramble of sentences that I just said two seconds ago. No one's um, saying no to kids either, eh? Yeah, he's old bang. No, like, yeah, so really probably my dad was just playing a good fishing hook uh, reel there, but touche to him. But I was just fascinated to meet more people and net, network with more people and, and ultimately help them find something they were after from an age of eight, whether it was packing boxes or selling on the floor. Yeah, it's pretty hard to say no to an eight-year-old. But for me, that journey started because I, I grew up in a household of a business owner. Um, and But nor did I actually think that was going to necessarily be me either. Um, I never, I didn't really have the, I'm going to be a business owner too mentality. And that was only realized quite later in life from the age of 19. Let's, let's talk about what you do now. Like you mentioned before, like tr- trading of attention. I'd love to get into marketing, creative campaigns, like talk about the stuff about why, well, what's the secret source at the moment? What do you think is out there that help like your perspective on like consumer behavior, just anything. Like, let's talk anything to do with marketing. Geez, that's a that is a conundrum that I feel like we could talk for days about. I guess, you know, touching on even as you guys have mentioned, is I don't think uncouth is the right word to describe yourselves, by the way, but you say how you want to describe yourself. But I think authenticity and distinctiveness is a very powerful play in my eyes for a brand or a business or an individual. I think we've seen so many successful individuals rise in the new age of what celebrityism now is all of influencers people kols like there's so many bloody jargon words but the reality is influential people as much as brands have a distinctiveness and an authenticity to what they do it's not forced it's not manufactured and i think naturally when you look at the the brands and the brilliant brands and partners that we get to work with across bullfrog the thing that excites me the most and it, and it was very much the same uh with one of our key foundational uh partners when we first started AA insurance which we were talking about before we jumped on the air um the ceo damien as much as the business's purpose is for all australians to live healthier longer better lives now they're a health and life insurer which can ultimately be a grudge purchase in so many people's eyes but their purpose is a positive one that is ripple affecting and rooted in their business proposition to actually help people and motivate people to be healthier. So there's an authenticity to the fact that for me to come in as a strategic and creative partner, the guardrails are already there and the vision is already mapped out. And there's an authenticity to the fact that everything we do as a business is laddering back up to them living healthier, longer, better lives. Now, the task is, from an advertising and communications perspective, what is actually going to make people pay attention? Because attention in context of world that we live in right now there is so much clutter and so much shit and there's so much content you've got chat gpt doing people's jobs and chucking more communications out there than ever before so easy to write an instagram post or something that's motivational now copy paste out out it goes but what happens when it comes to attention attention is not just about look we got this many eyeballs and we paid x through paid social media and we did y 
but did people actually hear what the brand is about, the business or the person? Did they actually connect with it properly, not just a, a vanity metric that we get served back to say it was successful? Now, there's so many different measures that you can make and, and see what a campaign or a piece of work or creative communications is successful. And without going into the nuts and bolts of the data and analytics that sit behind it, my biggest thing and the most humbling thing that I've been able to have in this short period of time with Bullfrog is if grandma's sitting on the couch and she has a reaction to something that you see on TV or a phone or whatever it might be or a podcast, people are paying the right attention because you're distinctive or authentic to what the brand is. And that distinctiveness allows you to cut through the clutter. And so I think in context of that, the balance of trying to be distinctive with layered authenticity, it should really start and go hand in hand. And I think they're one of the key sort of building blocks that I think we're falling into the tropes of in advertising communications and brand building of this is working for someone else. Let's try X and let's do that too. But all of a sudden you just start to look like wallpaper well, and it's all the same shit and nothing is distinctive. Talking of all the same shit, I think it, it brings up for me is like, let's, let's get into what does it mean to have influence? Like you live in a world where you've got actually a unique perspective of like, and how I look at it, brands, think about people, companies talk about using strategies and things like that. But if you don't find the right people, it's like, I feel like size and scale of audience doesn't always equal level of influence. And it's like, how, how do you, how do you see things like that? I, I think it's a really interesting thing. And, and coming back to that last point, I think it's about engagement and are people actually engaging and hearing what that brand person business is saying and are they actually creating action i would much rather for me the value in context of the successful campaign and there's so many measures of what will measure to that depending on if it's an above the line tv campaign as much as a really tactical product driven conversion led campaign for a certain business there are so many layers but i think in context of how i would measure success while varied in context of the objective of what we're trying to chase after for a partner, I think I would much rather have less is more in all occasions, but less is more in the context of those that are deeply engaged in building a community that actually want to listen repeatedly and engage with the brand on a regular basis. So that engagement piece, I think, is the key thing that drives growth as much as it grow, drives retention, as much as what you are building at the same time is a genuine affinity and love for the business brand or the individual that you are listening to or engaging with. And I think that's very similar to a podcast. I would rather, there is so many successful, high-reaching, high-download podcasts, but still, are people really listening through those things? And I think this medium is very much a, an opt-in medium, which is really powerful, for instance, as a channel. People are actually choosing to listen to you, not just turning on the radio and having it as white noise in the background. So that to me as a channel, but also an opportunity creatively and strategically, I would rather talk to you guys and partner with you guys to talk around, to do as you already are doing in an authentic and distinctive way and just partner and complement what you're doing versus trying to take it over and force something down your throat because the engaged community doesn't want that. They don't want to be knowing that they're getting sold too. The trick is, is how do you feel and make a brand more human, more distinctive and more authentic 
make sure we're engaging with the people that they support, provide services to, or provide products to in a certain manner, depending on what they are. How has it changed? How has COVID changed being in this space? Like looking at like people, I think if we talk about content as fast food all the time, you know, like people sitting at home, they're just like, scroll, scroll, scroll. I want more. Give me, give me, give me. I was me. on you TikTok know, like, last night for the first time about a month and I got stuck. You know, yeah, because you you're, you're, you're sending me shit and I don't even look at it, but it's like, and I'm right now I'm watching some shit video that you sent me. That but was like, very funny. It was funny. Yeah, I didn't yeah, find the video. Yeah. But again, it's one of those yeah. things what where. What was the video? Uh, it was like, it was. At a high level. At a high level, what was it? It was very Epstein. You know, it was oh, that, about Epstein oh, yeah. and some other stuff. So it was like, oh, I don't mind conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just feeding the beast. You know what I mean? I'm just giving him the handball. Exactly. Sometimes if I want to like switch off, I like I'm very much going to put a conspiracy show on or something that lets me like <laughs> just like completely what what were they talking about? Yeah. You know, I don't mind that. But again, that whole like consumer behavior of like I want all that stuff. Has it made it harder to connect, or does it make it? better when you actually do connect with someone because they're not like they're all the time doing this no i think it's no doubt with everything that we have at our disposal now it's harder to connect to an audience than it ever has been before because there's so much variance in the channels or what i would say is you know as a creative business there's so many canvases that need to be painted now and then there's so many layers to the messaging and the construct of what is actually going to deliver or grab someone's attention in that moment and I think the hard part is that comes back to that distinctiveness. Now, that can be as much as how a brand presents in market as it is something funny or humorous or the emotional triggers that you're looking for in context of what will make people engage. But you're spot on, like serving up a little conspiracy theory. Whoa, have you seen this? That comes back to what we started and you guys are curious to learn more. So that curiosity, regardless of conspiracy theories or trust me, I do the same. I love, love a doco that this... I might not fully agree with what it is, but I go down the rabbit hole because I'm just curious to see how the perspective or the learnings that I might get out of it, what does that look like, you know? And so, yes, I'm not a big TikTok person because it is a rabbit hole that you just go down, but my TikTok does similar things um, when I do go on it every now and then. But I, I think it's never been harder to communicate to audiences based on how many mediums or channels that we now have at our disposal. So I really think that's why it comes back to, like for me, if you're trying to drive engagement and growth, you need to make sure that you're communicating in a distinctive but an authentic way um, that is true to the brand and the business and the individual. So while there is opportunity, it's not getting easier. It's only getting harder. And what that about is- choosing, choosing channels? Like if you're starting to starting something now, like me and Locke always talk about this, is do you have to do everything? You know, do brands have to do everything? If that does it like are you picking your strength, like you mentioned before, or is it like finding what you can actually manage is it because i feel like it's something that a lot of people now if they're trying to start something they get really lost in like trying to communicate and get their brand message across but how many pieces of content should i make do i talk differently on this platform do i have to do everything it's like i've got 13 people here i've got 150 people here like what is how do i make sense of it all yeah (laughs) it's um it really needs to come back to the objective of what you're fighting for or what you're trying to build to. Because realistically, without going into like four examples or there's so many layers to, as it already is so confusing and there's so many mediums that screens that we're getting served with content all the time. And and when I should say content, creativity, forms of creativity, probably a better way that I look at it. And what from a creative lens works better than others 
is still as much as owning some of those truths that we've already spoken about. And I won't harp on the fact of distinctiveness, distinctiveness and authenticity for a brand, but I really do think you need to have and start with working of what is the objective or what are we trying to achieve as a business? What is our purpose? What is our vision? And what does success look like to us? And really, once you've really nutted that out, now that may or may not change because it, some things might not work. But normally, if you've started a business for a core reason, realistically, that core objective or that purpose of what you're chasing after, everything should be falling out of all the actions and the channels per se, or how you market should be communicating and falling out of that that core vision. Like the example I used before for AIA's living healthy, long, better lives. Now, that's just an example of a purpose, but everything else needs to ladder up to that. So I think in context of channels or what's the right channel and not the right channel, it really needs to come back to what is that objective we're trying to chase after. If you're trying to sell a product that is a one-off purchase or you're trying to sell um, you know, something in the supermarket, why are we selling that? Why does that product exist first and foremost? And why have we built this product? And what problem are we even trying to solve by having this product available to consumers and to people? That will dictate what those channels or what the recommendation is. But I know that brings it really back up to very fairy world, but really you need to start with that strong core objective, that strong purpose, that strong vision of what the business needs to be and what success does look like. And realistically, the channel plan or your marketing plan should inform how you get there and how you communicate effectively to get there. But it really does go hand in hand with making sure that you're staying true to the product or the brand or the business that you're wanting to build and not altering based on what the world is saying it works good for them because it might not work for you. And that's really key is making sure that if you are building influence in a channel or you are building a certain stream that is having good growth, stay and own that, but continue to evolve it, especially when we come to things like social media and digital is, is constantly evolving, constantly evolving with algorithm changes. You need to stay on top of it. It doesn't mean you need to be like, I need to do X amount of posts a day. Trial and error, trial and error, because realistically, the things that you're still trialing and error, erroring, is not even a word, anyway, <laughs> um, is falling out of that really strong objective that you're chasing after. What about like a personal brand? Like say you've got this business and then you're like, well, do I need to be the person talking about it like on LinkedIn or say on Instagram and all that sort of stuff? Like, do you think like you can sort of play both angles or it sort of depends on sort of if it's a product or a service or what type of industry and all that type of stuff? I really think it's it's a really, really, really good question. I think in context of... Say you're in a you're in a leadership position, but you didn't start the business, or you're in a leadership position and you founded the business. On the founding, which I can talk from firsthand experience, on the founding and leading a business in the CEO role and the driving seat, the core role of a CEO um, versus just a founder parking that for two seconds is to drive the vision of the business, drive the business towards the objectives we're chasing after that we mentioned just before. Now, the layers of a founder to owning a CEO role, which there's plenty, but there's also plenty of founders that don't have an active role in their business or title per se, which titles is more structure than it is reality. And I truly believe that. 
And structure is important because it allows for accountable decision making, accountable decision making, um, and expectation setting. But it shouldn't be the be all end all to making sure you're driving to that purpose. So I think as a founder owned and led business, I really do think your values as a person, first and foremost, are normally thrusted into the business that you grow. And a lot of those have been successful. And a lot of the founder-led stories that we see all in the world, those values are very much intertwined, which does make a lot of sense when there's an individual that starts a business. But on the flip side, if you're in a role in a business that you're not necessarily started, but you've accepted a high leadership role, driving to the objectives of what the business is, I really think it's um, such a fine balance of making sure that you are delivering on the role that you play at that time, but also making sure that there is a vision and a purpose that you're upholding too, and making sure you're driving that level of growth is, or that level of growth, objectives, outcomes, things that you're chasing after as a business, is making sure you're staying true to that and you normally believe into those. That, that's not always the case. But nine times out of 10, we all sort of accept jobs or have accepted jobs over our careers or take on roles and titles because we want to. And we think we can add value. I don't think there's many people that would take a job and be like, I can't really add value here. Like, I don't, and, and genuinely believe that, no matter what level, regardless of leadership or not. And I, I think there's two real things. You can inject your own way of leading a company on one side. A lot of the time, as I mentioned, that's fused together in founder-led businesses as much as businesses can still inject those values in high-level high leadership roles as much as this day-to-day -day roles. You don't have to be a leader to lead. And leadership doesn't mean you have to have a title to lead either. And that's the one thing I'm a massive believer in is if you're staying authentic and you buy into the values of the business that you've you, you know, you're jumping into and they match with your values. They don't have to be the exact same, but you believe in those. That's a big place to start. Oh, I like that. Let's clip that bad boy up and put that one on Instagram. <laughs> I, I reckon like I went down a rabbit hole there. But no, I'm uh, loving that shit, brother. That's what that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's get into like we, we mentioned before, like doing what you're doing and living in the public eye. What challenges does that come with? How does it, like, is it... Uh, does it change the way you think on things? Does it mean that you have different levels of like maybe like personal responsibility or how, how you maybe need to approach different situations? Um, I, I think being in the public eye or, or having a perception that or people thinking your life is more public I don't think it was just a, and, and I talk in context of me and my wife, I, I don't think that was, we didn't get into it to be, we want to be in the public eye. Like we want to be famous. And I think there's a real key differentiator to that because I think coming into it, not chasing fame, but just chasing the purpose of what we're both building in different, totally different worlds, but equally relate together. And we, funny enough, Bullfrog works with Keeper Cleaner across their creative communications and advertising. And, and so that's that's a tough one. Mixing work and, and and personal is always a tough one. But in context of you know, the incredible brand that Paper Cleaner and my wife Laura and Steph have built and been in the public eye, I think is really, I'm just so grateful 
and so humbled with the things that stay true to us and chasing after what we, our purpose and our vision of what we believe in our businesses has then resulted in some sort of perceived influence in a community is one of the, you know, the most, it's a, it's a responsibility as much as it is incredibly humbling that that has been a byproduct of something that has stayed true to both of us on our journey. And I think now when that's, while the intention wasn't to start with that chasing that as a goal at all, I think now for me, our family, as much as Laura is a lot more influential than me, you know, in a broader consumer perspective and a public perspective, I think what you do with that is just as important. And I think having that now is more so her day to day um, than myself. I think there's a real responsibility that should be taken with that and adding value back into the world. And that's a journey. That is a bloody journey because social media, all these things have, have transformed. Like I started in publishing, building a publishing platform at the age of 19. And here we are 10 years later. And that's a long time of being self-employed and, and an entrepreneur per se, that from that journey, we've both changed so much through that. But now the opportunities of what we are so proud of, we stay true to what we do love. And for me is a storyteller and a business builder. And for Laura is as much she has encompassed all of her vision into one business. And that is so authentic. And when it is authentic, you can build community, which that team has done. But in context of perceived public eye and all the above, it's a privilege, but it can be scary and exhausting and it can be am i going to fuck up am i going to do something wrong am i going to piss someone off what are they going to think of me whether it's imposter syndrome in a day-to-day -day business or imposter syndrome of shit if i put a foot wrong what will happen those are i've had we've had those conversations together and we continually have those conversations together whether it's in business or day-to-day -day. and that can be a weight and it's while I would say it's not a weight we ask for, it's one that we're so grateful to have because the consideration of the impact and the responsibility to share and people wanting to listen, whether it's running a small team, team, business partners, family, friends, that is incredibly, that is a huge privilege. So you need to be smart with it. What do you, what do, you do to chill out and unwind then? Because I feel like that's a lot of like, you got so much stuff that you have to be aware of. Like, like you're saying, living that public life, doing that thing. But like, what, what do you do to chill out? Like, how do you turn the mind off and just do like fun things? <laughs> I would say it's all fun. It is it's genuinely all fun. fun. And, and I think if you were asked both of us as much as here I am talking today, we are both absolutely living our dream right now. But it ain't easy. And it is a lot of fun because we love what we do and that it starts at that place, but it doesn't come without immense challenges. Um, and I think to have fun and wind down I think it's just really simple. Like we both, we fill our cup up with spending time with family and friends. We fill our cup up with just sitting on the couch with our dogs, watching Ted Lasso. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 really simple things because a lot of us, a lot of the day today, as much as most days, are uh, very much not on the rat wheel per se, but we definitely have fell on it at times and 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 not got off probably when we should have. But a lot of the Monday to Friday, we get we get home on a Friday night and we're just exhausted. 
for the switch off, we actually just bring it back to a really simple place. And what one thing we both realized last year was we actually weren't actually doing stuff for ourselves as individuals. And that was taking a toll on our mental health. That was taking a toll on how we rocked up and were present day to day with our teams. And so a big thing that we're doing is making sure we protect time for ourselves without each other as much as with each other. And that protecting time piece or what we started the podcast of saying no, I say no to make sure I can be fully present, both of us fully present together at dinner time. Now that could be half an hour dinner. It could be an hour. No matter what that time is, the phones are gone. No distractions. Do not disturb. And my team know that as much as Laura's team know that too, is we need to be fully present in that moment. And so for us, we don't need a lot of downtime to relax and chill as individuals. We just really need to protect our space and say no to things that impact that. And that takes learnings and shit, we've got it wrong. We got it very wrong towards the back end of last year. It was just the rat race and we were all on the rat wheel. And we were like, we're so exhausted, but there's so much happening. I need to keep up with it. But even protecting half an hour can do so much. I think, like you feel like you can lose momentum. Hey, if you feel like, hey, if I don't answer this call and they go, so they get another client or something like that, like that, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's like, I have to do that. But then again, like you're not really there if you're. Me and Locke talk about it all the time. It's yeah. funny. Like we've <clears throat> at the start, we've got, we play very different roles in the business that we run and, and, I find that when we're trying to, we spend too much time together. We, he distracts me and I distract him. And because I'm funny, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. But again, it's like finding time to to switch off. We talk about it's twenty four seven. If something happens, we're like always responsive. Opportunity comes through. It's like how do you get that barrier? And since I've recently become a dad, it's which having a, a partner like Locke in a business who completely understands that. I think that's I've been lucky. But again, like the challenge of of working with your partner, you mentioned the crossover between dual marketing campaigns and doing all that sort of stuff. Is, is that like, is that a, a hard thing or from, from an outside of looking in it, it sort of seems like you guys really like the fact that you're building this business life together, you know, like shared vision of what you're trying to do and reading up on some stuff like, yes, you're doing the client work, but like taking on your own product products or your own business, new ventures that are coming out. Like, is that the exciting part that you're looking forward to? Is that like the next transition or phase? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think going back to even what you mentioned, the both of you, I think you're obviously just communicating really well together, right? Like, and mate, like having kids, like we don't have kids, you know, they're babies, but you know, um, you know, I would throw it back to you. Like, how do you protect time? Like, you're a dad, mate, it's tough, and I've got friends that are parents, and it's not one against the other. But I'd throw it back. It's like, it's bloody tough. And then it's tough to find it with business partners, which you are, and be able to say, you know, and what has worked for us coming to that point is really over communicating and really being vulnerable and honest, both with my wife as much as my team and being honest even with our part, like our business partners, like as in the clients and the people that we work for, I implore the team to be really open and honest and transparent with them of, hey, it's all life happening, but if you don't do it, people don't know. And then your pure intentions and wanting to put good out into the world as much as be good at what you do day to day can get masked because you're not actually saying what is happening. But I, my question to you is, how are you managing it? How are you managing being a dad, a business partner? Uh, both uh, I reckon Locke's been better. I think that one thing that I was probably underestimated was 
one, how I would operate on lack of sleep. Everyone always talk about lack of sleep. Oh, you'll be tired. You'll be tired. You wait. And I was like, yeah, fuck, whatever. You know what I mean? But then now that it actually happens and I'm waking up and I've like had a string of like two weeks of like pre 5 a.m. starts and it's like. You should be up. I should be up. Plunges anyway. Yeah, I'm, right? I laugh because it's like I see all these other content people on LinkedIn, like 5 a.m. meditation, 6 a.m. <laughs> ice bath, 7.30. I've done my journaling and thing. And I'm looking for like 4.50 a.m. Matilda's crying. Seven o'clock, I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> We're doing breakfast. I'm like rushing out the door. I'm like, my hair, like, I feel like I haven't had a wash or my eyes still got sleep in my eyes. I'm like, all right, cool. And we might have an early pod. Like on Tuesdays, we we go live on LinkedIn at 7.30 a.m. And it's like, that's so early. You know? but I've, I've already been up for three hours, you know? So it's, it's you're I'm, good at managing and protecting time. You've always said like, hey, if the surf's good, like that's what that's what <laughs> you know what I mean. Like if the waves are pumping, I'm someone who actually I do get energy back by being by myself or being with with family. So I'm, yeah. I'm being in public situations or even doing this sort of stuff. I like doing content and it actually doesn't come. Yeah, I like doing the pod, but like being outwardly overly sherry, it's not. Really... You're not someone that likes like this is what I'm eating for dinner type. Yeah, of I, where I, I love it, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's because I just that project and trying to share like that. That really is like me giving energy. So if I do do it, I'm very aware. Like I'm trying my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'm in this like self protection sort of mode, like I've just noticed, I just I've been more efficient. Of like I cut out all the crap I don't that wasn't providing any value and like way more ruthless. Like. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm doing that. And it's like, mm. I found more time. I'm, I'm prioritizing. Like, I love. You almost got too much time. Too much time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Me and Lachlan walking around each other on a Wednesday going, like, where's I, that? We had reckon, lunch, man, for coffee. Should we do some work? I just or? reckon you're so lucky. I'm so understanding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the truth comes out. Yeah, oh, he's pretty good. I'll give him that. Like he's, but he's got two yes. young, yeah, nieces, nephews, yeah, nep- nephew, niece, yeah. nephew. So it's like he's, and he's both his sisters had kids around the same time. So it was like, in our little circle, there's three kids under the age of eighteen months. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, he's experiencing, he's seeing it, and he's understanding. And he's saying trial run before he has to do anything himself. It's um, yeah, I just think you know, I think what it was really interesting what you said is sort of what we discussed earlier is like actually saying no and protect like that protective zone, like making sure you protect that space is, is critical and it doesn't have to be a lot. Yep. Plenty of people out there, 6am meditation, this, 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 and this, it's never going to be perfect because life's going to happen as much as I would love to say as someone who loves a routine, shit, it's going to change. Some days you're going to wake up and I just can't do it because Matilda needs me first. I signed up for that. I said yes to that. Right. In most cases, but you know, like, <laughs> I was saying, I was, was re questioning it. It actually popped up the phone. My wife and I had a funny morning the day before this, and it was like we'd had an absolute belter of a morning, you know, like looking at each other going, This is she, she knows I'm going to Melbourne, so she's got Matilda for the day. And I was like, tip-toeing I'm like, around. I'm tiptoeing around, going, I'm sort of excited here to get on the train. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you never thought that before. Yeah, I never thought that. I'm like, I'm the, I can't I can't wait wait to get on the V-line and chill. Yeah, 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 get on the V-line now. <laughs> but then it popped up and it was like, on this day, like five years ago, I'd asked my wife to marry me. It was like the day we got engaged and we're like, oh, would you? <laughs> she's like, would you still ask me? I was like, would you still say yes? And we're like, yes, yes. And then we went to work and life was good. But it's like funny, like little little moments that's had, like it was a good moment for me to like, sometimes with having kids the like how my life's changed is you're very in the shit like the you mentioned the wheel the rat wheel going around and we're the same like the baby is only little for so long and we're trying to appreciate and like 
live life and doing what we're doing. I feel like I am so lucky because the lifestyle we've built now with our business means that I see it every day. You know, it's rare for me to be going to work where if I go to and I miss a day where I don't see her at bedtime and that, like I'm at the beach on a Tuesday making yeah. sandcastle and shit. My life's good. I don't have much to complain about. And it's like now it's sometimes I still have to remind myself when I'm in the in the shit going through the stuff and then like got meetings or back to backs or whatever. That's I guess that's the change. It's not about me, but I took the opportunity to take a bit of me time. There. <laughs> no, I like it. That's good. Uh, it is good. Look, what what do you reckon? How's he been coping? No, it's been good. Honestly, it's been eye opening for us because we always knew like we're better together. So life happens, and like the reason why we're we're doing this whole thing is because like it's all for family and lifestyle. You know, like if you really wanted to earn big money now and just smash through it, you could stick to your job. You know, yeah, was so I was like, stayed in my corporate job, which I had a yeah. good, good setup. But leaving to yeah. take a risk and us doing stuff, it's because me and Locke share. Yeah. Well, shared values. I think it's important in business partners. And just know? learning, like like you said, things are fluid. Like things change all the time. We're both very aware. Like you, you, what you've taught me is in the agile space that shit goes wrong all the time, you know? So it's like, how do you fix that next problem? It's like professional problem solvers. And I think we're both very like emotionally aware of each other of like, hey, we like we can pull back here. It's all good. And just, you know what I mean? Like, and the same in like in business, like if shit goes wrong, you can either be really attached to the shit that's just gone wrong or you have to move on and figure out what to do. <laughs> Otherwise, like yeah. for us, like we don't have outside investors. We've been doing what we're doing. We bootstrapped our business, kicked it off ourselves, was working with clients to pay ourselves while we built other stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, you can be annoyed or you can quit and go get a job or you just solve the problem and you move on. So it's like that still like regulating emotions in business. So I, I came to get into some of that. Like for us, yeah, like yeah. have a busy day, like if we're going, if we're hustling and we're trying to make something happen, I do feel like I get like sort of like a sports thing too. I get that adrenaline rush, like in business, like I, I enjoy it. We both really enjoy what we're doing, but again, like trying to like come down at the end of the day and I feel like I'm all like I've been at a music festival or stuff. <laughs> do you, do you get anything like that? Yeah. I Like I had it yesterday. I had a, incredible day at work you know and and hopefully today's the same um but you know i i get i i guess it's where you get your energy from and, and that is as much as like i had a few not reviews a bit of feedback from some our part some of our partners yesterday about the team and it was unreal and great feedback and i was so pumped so happy like and this is non-financial this is no nothing it's like thank you for being our partner, you are bloody killing it. Just keep on, keep it on, you know, and that is people appreciating people. And that was just so nice to hear. And it knows that you're doing, you know, as a leader, I feel like, shit, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job if we're creating an environment for our partners, people, or people just coming into this business and this world and and being feeling appreciated and then that feedback going both ways. And that is the best feeling because it's reciprocated on our side in context of, growing and nurturing and, and building to a common goal but i i hear like yesterday oh, i was buzzing i was I'm, i was buzzing this morning um you know put a great tune on drove into the office excited to get around a team we've got a new staff member ha- starting today um and then we're having a little easter like knockoff drink fun don't have to just drink but water too um a little knockoff drink with the team today and, and enjoy a little break and, and really make sure that the team recharge and protect each other's time over this, you know, four day holiday weekend and, and making sure we do that. But I, I hear you like, <laughs> whether it's a music festival, I feel like I'm the oldest 29 year old to be completely frank. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit more Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay type operator, but um, 
I think, you know, for me, I get it. The energy is exciting, but it's also can disappear. And so that comes back to if you don't protect it, and you don't communicate and make sure you're protecting that time to do thinking. That is the one part that, yeah, to actually think for the business as much as it's so great having a business partner. I don't, up until just recently, you know, I announced three new business partners coming into the business, but I've been a sole founder and I've been able to witness a beautiful partnership in Steph and Laura, but I, I've never had someone to, I don't know, I'm off, you're on. Like I've never been able to just hand it over outside of my incredible team where it makes sense. But I'm excited for that next chapter from my business perspective. I've been able to have three incredibly brilliant individuals being able to pick up and own their strengths and their roles within the business. But I think I get you with the energy. But what I've learned is energy, it's really hard to continue to manufacture that if you're not protecting time for yourselves individually as business partners as much as together and protect time to actually like, let's just lift the eyes. Let's just talk about where are we at? Like, where do we, what do we like? What do we hate? What's shitting you about me? Like, let's just have a conversation and put the brakes on for, even if it's half an hour to be like, how are you? How are you feeling? Are you coping? We're good. And that's really interesting as a dialogue of so many people, they say, or text, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Yep. No worries. But if you actually be like, no, we're protecting this time, 30 minutes, let's just hash it out. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a bit pissed off about this and I feel like I need a bit of help here, but put it on the table. And it's really tough. It is really tough to do. It's so bloody rewarding when you create that space for each other as business partners. And if you don't do that, all of a sudden that's, you know, we're coming into our third year of business and a team of 40 and all of a sudden you're hiring new people in and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, did I actually really stop and take stock? And I learned at an early age to make sure because at the end of the day, the last two, three years of what would be perceived success has taken 10 years of being self-employed and 10 years of steep learnings, both good and bad. And so my thing is, if you don't protect that time with yourselves, with yourself individually, with your loved ones, with your team, that if you don't do that and you don't choose to do that, how do you stop and really acknowledging what you're building? How's your how's your role going to change now with other people coming in? My, no, not a lot because not 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 a hell of a lot. It, what it will change is my mental load. What it will change is that I know I've hired probably three of the smartest humans I could be surrounded by in supporting me and growing this business. But they're not just the smartest humans. They're not just great at what they do. They're not just been in this industry and have achieved incredible heights, both personally, professionally, and for other businesses as well. They are just good people that I want to learn from. But now the mental load for me is I don't need to worry about, you know, two of them especially will oversee our strategic and then strategic and creative offering. Uh, so the work we create every day and the other, Matilda, great name, um, as a managing director is going to support me in the growth and aspirations of her business and what we're chasing after and an incredible people person, but they're all just great people that have different strengths. And now as the business of what we offer is a strategic and creative business, we have the offering well-rounded in a leadership team, um, but we have an offering in business partners that know that this place can be exceptional 
on the terms that we want it to be exceptional and what we say yes to. And that ladders back up to the vision. And it's a shared vision, as you said, shared values, shared vision of how we want to operate as people as much as we want to operate this team. And that is bloody rare. And it felt effortless to get to that point, although I'd been looking for a long time. From our first meeting, sometimes things just work. And I feel very lucky that I've had a lot of things happen at the right time, right place, and things have worked. It doesn't take away from hard work at all. I would say I've worked so hard to get to this point. But it's also sometimes if you're not out there looking and hustling and trying to find and grow and and thinking forward and lifting the eyes to what is coming and getting stuck in the weeds of the day-to-day and not taking or protecting that time for yourselves, you're not going to find those people. And so for me right now, the mental load of not worrying about the things that they're accountable for is really refreshing because then I can focus on my strengths. And my strengths is making sure this team is a people-first-led business building world-class creative communications for partners and our own brands too. And that's always what I'll say on rinse and repeat because as fundamentally we have done that and proven that in a short period of time, but we also know we want to be the best of the best and the best of the best in a creative world is in the eye of the beholder, which comes back to our earlier conversation. So we're always on that pursuit of growing a team and nurturing a team of people first that believe in what creativity can bring to people's lives. And it's nice to have people to share that load. Mate, we're excited for it. It feels yeah. like it's going to be a it's bullfrog everywhere, bro. LinkedIn popping. Yeah. You know, you know, stuff. Way more time back in your life to just. Yeah. Like, cause again, work expands, you know, you're doing, you mentioned before, like, Learned before we let you go, like being yeah. a solo, solo in your business, running it yourself. Like having people now to handle some work to, I, you must be like, Oh my God, I'm going to have some actual space in my brain to think about stuff. Like I can like, if I need to go and have two seconds to learn or like explore something new, you've now got that freedom to, flex a bit and it's like innovation again you know like consuming yeah. new shit where you're like oh maybe i can add that flavor to it i haven't consumed content in a while where it's like out of my world you know 100 percent, and 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 learning learning and growth like for me learning is such a bloody gift and eyes wide open every day to where you can get those learnings it doesn't just have to be in a, a meeting or something you're actively going in saying i'm learning but if you're actually listening you'd be surprised of what you can learn in the day-to-day. And I think that is really exciting because I can work on myself to make sure I am the best leader. But success to me is to make sure, and genuine success in this business, is to make sure this team, there will be someone that is much better to be the CEO than me sooner rather than later. And that is the next thing. My next thing is to make sure I'm not needed in the role of the CEO. Because that's not success. Success to me is not just hanging around when I'm past my expiry date. Success to me is being forced out because there's someone so much better to do the job. And I'm excited to go on that lad, that phase and accepting the CEO role and owning that role, even bringing in Matilda, my new partner, but also equally talking about co-CEOs and all the above. And we just said, hey, here's my strengths. Here's your strengths. You need to do that because shit, you can rant for days and make sure that people want to listen. Period. Um, we'll never be invited on another podcast again. But equally still is for me, it comes back to I will get to work on myself with that balance, but I have the full belief on the people that we brought in because I've taken 12 months to find those people. And now finally, 
it realizes, but that was 12 months of effort, coffees, connections, catch-ups, talking to some of the most brilliant people that are far, far more credible on paper to be doing the role that I'm doing now or building the business I am. But what I will never give up is the fact that it just comes back to people. And if I stop doing that and investing in others, now I have more time to invest in this team and invest in our partners and the people that come on the journey. I want to get a job at Bullfrog. I reckon I'll, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll be thinking that I need to replace you. You know, that's what you're going for. Well, mate, thank you so much uh, for coming on and letting us pick your brain. I feel like oh, I feel so many people are going to take so much from this chat and, and appreciate you being so open and honest. Oh, look, thank you. And just keep doing your uncouth. Don't use uncouth. It's just authentic to you guys. And you guys have done a cracker job. And look at the people and the caliber of people. Like, I feel really grateful to even be asked um you know and i think just keep doing what you're doing and and choosing what you say no to and what you say yes to because it's an incredible life that you're building for yourselves with clear choices and agreements and shared values to what you've already mentioned so just keep on keeping on but i'm looking forward to getting you into the office and for a coffee when you can get out of those waves eventually Oh, you need to get him out the wetsuit. He sleeps in it. Oh, you know, that, you do sometimes when the surf's up. He puts the up and go in the in the arm, oh, and then you jump out the window and was, go. Don't you? That was good creative. You know, let's, <laughs> let's not get into another one. Thanks, mate. I feel like we need to uh, polish ourselves up a little bit after that chat. You know, we talked about being uncouth, and I, we like the uncouth yeah. brand. And makes me want to clean my room a little bit, though. You know, like just live a tidier life, mate. Just come on, just. Bit more hygienic. Yeah, yeah. Put no. a bit of gum in that mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> put a bit of gum in that mouth, but seriously. Slick back the hair. Put a bit of brill cream in. Come on. I, I liked this chat. You did? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm I'm so interested. I feel like it was, uh, he was so honest and real and you can tell the difference. We've had so many people come on the pod and uh, he gave us a time, it, like, I liked adult. It's good. You know, you, words can't even describe. You know, no, I'm not trying. If you, if, you, if you know me long enough now, you hear Oh, he's a dude who lives by good values and he's doing good work and he's smart, switched on, he works fucking hard. I love it. I love it. And I love you. I just think you've articulated that well. We've got plenty of banging episodes coming up for you. So stick around, leave us a review. We love reviews, don't we? Well, we got pods coming out four times a week. So if you like the Funny Business Podcast, you're in luck. Because there's content, new content all the time, four and, times a week. And if you hate us, fuck off. Well, you're just going to have to listen to us anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah.